0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Tonsillitis. It's one of those things that can be quite difficult to pin down. Uh, Do they have a cold? Is it just a sore throat? Uh, And I've got to say, sometimes, are they making a fuss over nothing? Do they just want my attention? One thing's for sure, though, when they're really in pain, it's, so hard to be the parent witnessing that and not being able to help them. Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko is a GP from Bondi Road Doctors, and she's here to answer our questions about tonsillitis. Hi, Alicia. How Hi. are you? very Well, thank you, Siobhan. So, how do kids actually
1: get tonsillitis? Yep. So tonsillitis could be caused by a virus or a bacteria, and basically it's just by respiratory droplets. So someone's got that infection, they've sneezed or they've touched their hands, and you've got that germ back up into your respiratory pathways, and off you go. Yeah, there you Tonsillitis are. you have. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, how um, is it, I mean, I'm not sure if this is a difficult question to answer, but How contagious is it and for how long is it contagious? Because that's another thing we struggle with as parents, knowing how long to keep our kids home or... Away from children other children
1: yeah I mean I wouldn't overthink it as a parent too much I mean basically tonsillitis means inflammation of the tonsils at the back of the throat um, and it depends on the cause as to that incubation period but usually when children have active symptoms whether it be runny nose sore throat Low grade or high grade fever, they are usually infective, and they possibly have been infective a little bit before that. Can't do much about the past that you didn't know about, but then certainly while they have active symptoms, they are, they are infective, and they and they're also probably miserable. Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: so they don't want to go anywhere anyway. Absolutely. Um, one thing I'm curious about with tonsillitis is I remember as a kid I got it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my mum always asking me to she'd always look at my tonsils, and if there was white stuff on my tonsils, that was tonsillitis. Yes. Is that what it is, or is it just if they're red? And
1: um, Because my kids seem to have huge tonsils. Yes. Okay, so there is obviously a difference between big tonsils and tonsillitis. So you can have big tonsils that aren't inflamed, so they're just enlarged tonsils and they have their own issues that could be perfectly no issues related to them or they could be sleep issues with snoring and what have you. So that's a different situation. But certainly if you know snoring, go and see your doctor. But then when you're talking about tonsillitis, it's the inflammation and the redness of the tonsils. Whether they were previously large or small, it's that redness, that inflammation of the tonsils themselves. Now, it doesn't actually have to mean that they have white bits on them or an exudate or pus on them, but certainly your mum was correct. If you have got white bits on the back of a red throat and your throat's sore, that's tonsillitis. And actually that's more like, well, it can be caused by a virus, but it also has a high chance that it's caused by a bacteria. And the way a doctor or parent can tell the difference and how you would manage it is a little bit in the symptoms that you're observing and that the child's complaining of. So if it's more likely to be in the bacterial spectrum, usually a child is a little bit more unwell. They're a little bit more pale and they might have a higher fever, but maybe not. But they tend not to have so much of the cold symptoms. They tend not to have so much of a runny nose and um, sneezing and a cough. Usually they're just complaining of a razor, red, you know, sore throat, their glands or their neck. So they might be complaining about neck pain. And so if they're definitely off colour and they're complaining more of pain in the neck or the throat or the glands, then that is definitely an indication that it could be a bacteria, should go to the doctor, and likely some penicillin would be indicated. But yes. That was my next question mm. is um, how do you treat yes So, well, the bacterial form is usually a 10-day course of a penicillin, but certainly the, you, you should go to the doctor if you're suspecting that. But then if it's a viral cause, um, then basically antibiotics don't work for that. And lots and lots of the times children have a red sore throat, but they're otherwise still drinking, they're still making good amounts of urine and going to the bathroom, and they might not be fully themselves, themselves, but they're still alert. They're still interested. They're not overwhelmed by pain. They're still, you know, interactive and what have you. So if you think the child is obviously unwell, but okay in getting by, then it's probably a virus and then antibiotics are not indicated. And then you'd really just be focusing on symptom control, conservative measures, making sure they get enough fluid. And in that instance, would it be
0: something like keep them home and maybe give them paracetamol or ibuprofen as as they need it.
1: Yeah. So certainly as far as keeping away from preschool or school, definitely if they have active symptoms and they're feeling a bit off colour, then yes, keep them at home, get them feeling better before you put them back out in the the jungle of germs. (laughs) Um, But whether you go to the doctor, really observe your child. If you're not sure then definitely go. We're more than happy to reassure and, and assess. But if your child is otherwise okay, um, and they're, like I said, they're still drinking and eating still interactive but just a little bit off, you probably are okay at home um, as long as you do, yes, some baby or children's paracetamol or the children's ibuprofen, maybe some honey. Um, there's, you know, it depends on the age group of the child as well that we're talking about, but older children's, you know, there's the honey lozenges. It's different bits of evidence of zinc, <laughs> yes. but um, but basically yes, the the doctors indicated when you're not sure when the child is significantly unwell or significant amounts of pain, and if you've got more serious symptoms such as drooling or dribbling, and if the child does have enlarged tonsils normally, and then they get tonsillitis on top of that, sometimes they can have a you know um, narrower airway, and that definitely needs medical attention as well. And you'd know that by noisy breathing. Um,
0: now, I had tonsillitis a lot, as I said, yes. as a kid. I didn't get my tonsils out until yes. I was 21. Right, 22. okay. Wow. And <laughs> is that a record though? Yeah, that's, it was, took a long time <laughs> for us to make that decision. But it, it is something that as a parent I hear a lot of, yes. that um, parents will get their kids tonsils and adenoids out. Mm. Obviously, if they've gone to a specialist and that's what they've recommended for other reasons. But when would you get your tonsils out? because you have tonsillitis, mm-hmm. is there a number of recurring episodes of tonsillitis where you go, this is ridiculous, it's obviously a problem, let's go see someone about getting them out?
1: Yeah. I mean, all specialists and doctors and possibly parents as well and nurses have slightly different opinions on, on all of this. Yeah, I bet. However, <laughs> as far as numbers are concerned, usually if you've had seven cases of confirmed tonsillitis or six to seven, then you'd be starting to very seriously consider. And that's in a 12-month period, in a year. But less than six could be considered normal for that age group. And often, you know, as the years go by, They might then suffer less, Um, but it does depend on on the individual and it does require individual assessment. But if you certainly feel that your child is having recurrent, regular episodes, then that's a discussion that they need to have with the the medical professional for sure. Okay. Well, just before we leave
0: this delightful conversation about tonsillitis, (laughs) could you just recap for us what parents need to look out for um, and then what next steps they should take when it comes to tonsillitis?
1: Yeah. So I think the main thing is looking at your child and their behaviour. So if they've got symptoms, but they're otherwise still engaged, still interactive, maybe a little bit more fatigued than usual, a little bit less interested in things, but still they're talking, they're moving their head, they're drinking and they're making urine and going and passing urine, then, and you're feeling okay as a mother um, or father or caregiver, then I think you can actually just do those conservative measures at home and symptom control and lots of fluids, etc., and have a very low threshold to go and seek medical advice if there's any deterioration or you're concerned. But the real telltale Signs of significant pain, an alteration in behaviour or even level of consciousness if they're very pale, they've got any signs of distress or breathing difficulty, you're concerned, and that's enough. If you if you've got instinctive concerns, then you should trust that. Um, certainly, if they're not drinking anything um, and they're in significant amounts of pain and they're just not interested in anything, then they definitely need medical help. If there's any rash associated with that, then take that much more seriously. Obviously, I think you know a lot of people know about those different rashes, but, and it doesn't necessarily go along with a tonsillitis, but it's always just good to know in general. If you've got an unwell child who has a small area of a rash that looks like bleeding under the skin and that you'd press it and it wouldn't go white, then take that very, very seriously and, and, and consider even an ambulance, but certainly don't ignore a sign like that. And the, that is a sign of disease. It is. And it is, it's, It's. I mean, it's rare. It's, you know, 99% of the time a child has, you know, different types of symptoms of being unwell and it doesn't mean meningococcal. But I think in the way back of your head, you just need to know if I ever saw that. That's something I'm not going to sit around and analyse. Good, good tip. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Alicia, thanks
0: for coming in today. Thanks for having me. That's GP Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko of Bondi Road Doctors. And Kids Health is brought to you by 136, National Home Doctor Service. If you or a loved one needs urgent medical care but your GP is closed, make the call to 136. That's 137425 for a bulk build after hours doctor home visit. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.